It is Free Talk Live, and you are listening to the Live Monday edition. It's Mark with you. Melanie. And Mike. Mike, you got to get on that mic, please. Thank you so Apologies. much. Apologies. <laughs> no problem. It's it's like not, it, it, it's, it's, it's so while. comfortable in here <laughs> that you don't even think about the microphone. Um, indeed. You're welcome to call in, talk about whatever's on your mind this live edition. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Melanie, you had show prep that I had, which is something that always makes uh, makes me say, well, let's go to that one first, because if two of us agree that it's something we should be talking about, that it's likely something we should be talking about. Turns out that there's some news about the the this uh, the, this pay gap. I'm told that uh, women make 73 cents uh, on the dollar to what men make and that I should be outraged by this. Well, yeah, and that's true if you just take the average salaries of all men and compare them to the average salaries of all women. Are you telling me somebody's lying with statistics? I mean, you know. That yes. happens. That happens. I saw a study uh, a couple of months ago where they had redone all the figures and actually done like work to like work comparisons. and They came down to like 96 cents on the dollar. Yeah, much closer. Yeah. Right. Um, Time magazine came out. I think it's been more than five years now and said, yeah, the pay gap is nonsense. Um, it, it still gets to get drug up and drug up and drug up um, at this point. Uh, I don't know what which wave we're on at this point. The 37th wave feminists have really very little to complain about, but they've got plenty of complaining that still gets done. Yeah. So and I mean, we've known this for a long time and I think common sense kind of dictates it in that. If women are cheaper for the same quality work, then why would I as a business ever hire a man for any reason whatsoever? Right. It's kind of like um, if Hyundai produces a car that's as good as a Honda Accord for $3,000 less, a whole lot of people, and I don't know a Hyundai and Hondas, I don't have any, I'm just using some brands here, um, if $3,000 less, then a lot of people are going to start buying Hyundais. Well, I could say the the misogynistic pig answer would be, are women really worth what they're getting paid, though? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, the, the the market should determine that. They We'd- might not be, because if I employ more than 50 people, I have to really, really worry about whether or not women are going to sue me for not getting paid enough. There's certainly countries where uh, you have to have uh, quotas and all these sorts of things, uh, a certain amount of uh, people doing different types of jobs, and it gets very confusing and upsetting. Countries. Um, Iceland uh, okay. recently saw that they have to, the, the road crew, the, the companies that do road crews were paying the guys who are out doing, uh, running shovels and doing these sorts of things more than the women in the office. And the women were upset about it. And, yeah, well, they won. Stupid. So there you go. Yeah, they probably did. So what's the story? Um. So in the, the, only reason I find this significant at all is because it's out of Harvard, and Harvard is not exactly the uh, most right-wing publication in the country. No, no, it's not. Um, and then the Mises Institute reposted it, but it's a study from Harvard. They didn't, they didn't do the study. Okay, what is the study? So they, it's called "Why Do Women Earn Less Than Men?" Evidence from Bus and Train Operators, and they went and normalized by every. Every pretty much every conceivable factor: hours worked, 
seniority. Right. You should get paid more if you work more hours. Can we all agree on that? I mean, can everybody in the world agree? Oh, that's. I'm not going to agree with the way that was phrased because that sounds a little bit too much like labor theory of value. But if you're doing the same work, if you're being paid by the hour, labor theory of value deals with the value of what you're producing compared to the work put into it. That is, you know, labor theory of value. But if you're working longer hours. And you should be getting paid as this in the same job. If you're yeah. doing the same job with the same efficiency level, yeah. you should be getting paid the same if you're working longer hours. Yeah, person A and person B. Person A working at the same job as person B works at. Person A works twice as many hours as person B. Person A should make more as, money as long as, as they're the equally B. productive. Right, and within their uh, their realm. I mean, yeah. you know, person A could really stink at what they do and end up working longer, but, uh, you know, hopefully the boss begins to see the difference. Right. There's plenty of jobs that people work at where it's not based on hours but on piecework. Sure. So in that case, you know, your productivity determines exactly what you're Sure, uh, right. You know, one, uh, uh, you know, vegetable picker in the field who manages to get uh, five bushels done in a day versus a, a vegetable worker that gets three bushels done in a day. Obviously, if you're paying by the bushel, it makes sense that you want to pay. In all circumstances, you want to pay the person who gets the five bushels done yeah. uh, better than the person who does the three, unless you're trying to make somebody happy in some liberal, liber, liberal bastion somewhere in the world. Yeah, and if if you're dealing with a job where there isn't a lot of equipment that the business owner has to be invested in, you know, who cares if they're only doing two bushels a day if they're happy earning that? Then you know what the heck? What well, difference that, does it I mean, make? That yeah. might but be a problem because you might have you know output requirements that you have to meet, and only so many people fit in the field. So yeah, if the average person picks twenty five and you're picking two, maybe that's a problem. Right. But a, a converse, uh, uh, a reverse situation would be like an industrial situation. For example, um, uh, Sturm Ruger up in Newport, New Hampshire, does a lot of piecework pay on production facilities for for people polishing guns, things like that. And there's only so many workstations. Right. So if you're in a workstation, you you know there's going to be a minimum acceptable pr- productivity they're going to allow, even if they're paying on piecework. Right, because the workstation itself costs a lot of money. That's right. Go right ahead. Yeah, so then when you normalize for those things, then, and I don't know if you want me to read this whole article or not, but if you normalize for that, women make the same. Which is, you know... Or near the same, right? It's... We make slightly more than in some... We like... we Women who are truly single make actually more than men. They only looked at two industries here, and so it's... In the, these two industries they looked at, which uh, yeah, are transportation. Yeah, bus and train... Ap- or, no, that's one... It, bus and train operators. or Operators, yeah. Okay, so one industry, sorry. So but, single yeah. women made as much as single women? Uh, no, they, in, this, in this study, yeah. women made the same. In the entire U.S. economy, truly single women, so you're not married, you've never been married, and you don't have kids, make more than men. Than men generally? Yes. Yeah, so I would say that probably part of that has to do with uh, the flexibility as far as uh, work schedules and stuff like that. And they but, build yeah. up seniority where, you know, and because they want to keep that average up, they tend to pay particularly women who are starting new jobs better than men starting new jobs uh, because they want to keep that average up. Um, And it turns out that where the imbalance comes down to is women who then take time off for parenting and that sort of thing um, that, 
you know, they lose the seniority. And that's really where the a bulk of that disparity comes from. And when you, you know, adjust for that, then, you know, the whole imbalance disappears uh, almost entirely. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are worried about, uh, you know, the, the fairness and the balance. And I suppose that's a good thing. But when you start looking at this, there's not a lot of imbalance. And if there was imbalance, the marketplace should theoretically, according to the libertarians at least, right, and the economists, the marketplace should fix for this. It shouldn't be that somebody who's equally as productive um, works just as many hours or whatever is getting paid significantly less than somebody else because well, yeah. then the market would be demanding this lower cost, equally as competent individual. I just find it really, really unlikely that every single employer in the United States has both has the same bias and is willing to pay for it. Yeah. That just seems unlikely to the point of impossible. Well, they a lot of them wind up adjusting their pay rates because they have to comply with state or federal equal employment opportunity regulations. Right, but that would cause women to make more, not less. Well, um, I I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just all about filling out the paperwork and making the bureaucrats happy. I mean, and, and the messaging, right? Like you want your PR company to say, we pay people exactly the same because we don't see color or gender, or sexual orientation or, or, you know, lunacy or anything, anything that we might, uh, you know, determine uh, pays you more or less. We don't see it. But ageism is still legal. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely fine. And probably a good idea, frankly, well, in certain circumstances. If you're under 40, it's legal. What do you, you can't like you, you can't can, discriminate against people over the age of forty. I see. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you can, but it's illegal. Seventeen-year-olds don't do as good a job as thirty-year-olds. Free talk live. It's free talk live, live Monday edition. Mark with you. Melanie and Mike call in talk about whatever's on your mind we're talking about the the wage gap the 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 gap in wages between men and women specifically and there's some news on it and we'll get back to that but uh, we do want to go to the phone calls here we've got uh, Tom calling in from New Hampshire Tom you're on free talk live yeah uh, congresswoman Ilhan Omar well, that lady yeah yeah, she uh, was addressing some constituents a few days ago, and she made a statement, quote, I want to talk about the political influence in this country that says it is okay for people to push for allegiance to a foreign country. Okay. okay? The, the foreign country she's talking about is Israel, okay? And uh, Congressman Elliot Engel, chair of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, lashed out at Omar's, quote, vile, anti-Semitic blur. Yeah, they okay. love to say anything that's against uh, APAC, anything that's against the nation of Israel is anti-Semitic. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the go-to for anybody who doesn't want to have a conversation surrounding uh, these sorts of things. Um, I don't know this Omar person. I don't know about any uh, pledge of allegiance to uh, that might be had, but I do know that there's uh, weak rhetoric that exists, and that weak rhetoric often uh, uses the term, you know, tries to paint somebody as a, as a bigot. I, I know a bit about this uh, young woman. Uh, she's a uh, Somali immigrant. She came to the U.S. as a refugee. Uh, she um, has a record of uh, supporting radical 
uh, anti-Western Muslim groups, for instance. There was a group of uh, Somalis in uh, in Minnesota that were recruited to and were trying to travel to Syria to join ISIS. Okay, and they got arrested by the FBI. Can't be a large group. Well, there was I think it was like four or six of them. All right, um, and uh, she tried to get the charges dropped, um, making excuses of oh they didn't know what they were doing. Da 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 da. Um, she's you know spoken for uh, Hamas and and other uh, radical Islamic groups. So you know she's not just making you know a, a few idle comments. Um, and I think that it's it, it's inaccurate. It, but demonstrating her bias in this is that is calling um, an alliance that the U.S. has with Israel uh, allegiance. I mean, they're compl- two completely different things. You know, you have we we have our allegiance to the United States of America, um, and the United States happens to be allied with Israel. We aren't allegiant to. Uh, I'm against Israel. all foreign aid, and that includes the oh, foreign I, aid that I goes agree to Israel. Entirely. I'd like to kill the, to drop all foreign aid, but however, I think it's worth pointing out that um, you know the supporters of uh, that that APAC uh, manages to get a certain amount of foreign aid sent to Israel, but. Um, let's not look at let's let's look at how many members of APAC there are and how much they pay in taxes too. So if they're getting a portion of their taxes sent off to Israel, then well, they're only doing what other Americans do, which is lobby for their tax dollars to go in a certain direction. I don't support it. I'm just not stunned by it. Right. Go ahead. Now Tom. the problem here, the problem is that if they overplay the anti-Semite charge. Then what is like the story about the boy who cried wolf, where, you know, they're going to be trying to denounce some real anti-Semitism someday, and people are not going to be uh, paying attention to it. But, yeah, I've been uh, following this and also uh, setting up a website uh, here about uh, some of this stuff where uh, Congresswoman Omar says, well, before you go on, Tom, I mean, I don't know that I agree with your, your premise here. So people have been screaming bigot for decades and it still works i mean everything there's a reason the internet uh you know has a has a meme that says that uh, everything i dislike is nazism and everyone i dislike is hitler Uh, because people do that and they do it a lot congresswoman omar this is not her first uh comment to be described as anti-semitic as well she's made a number of of other statements another one since she was elected where even her own party in congress uh censured her for that and and she was forced to uh, uh issue an apology and correction so it's not like you know it was kind of a a, a loose comment is is it's a pretty clear from her record that she is an anti-semite um, so not really, not yeah. necessarily. When she's denouncing uh, the uh, political power in this country that says that uh, people are, that the United States has to prop up the state of Israel, that is not anti-Semitism on her part. It is opposing the U.S support for the state of Israel. But she's denouncing and, uh, APAC, which is a group of American citizens who happen to be, happen to be Jewish. They're not all Jewish. A lot of them are not Jewish, and a lot of the pro-Israel lobby is not Jewish people, and a lot of Jewish people want nothing to do with the pro-Israel lobby as well. But So it's not anti-Semitic. It's against a political movement, and uh, where she, when she made that, uh, after she made that apology you're talking about, uh, Rolling Stone quoted her as saying, 
My hope is that as much as I hold others accountable and help them learn, that people will also hold me accountable. And so I go on to say, at your service, Congresswoman Omar, here's some of the stuff that you support, and here's I'm holding you accountable. for. You say you want to denounce uh, hate crimes and everything. What about the underage drinking laws? You say you want to... Uh, you don't like being labeled as a terrorist? Well, do you want to legalize drugs? Or what about, What else can you call them but terrorists when they threw that flash grenade into the kid's playpen? You know, I, I mean, I'm going off holding her accountable for pretty much the stuff that most of them are doing. Well, um, I, I don't just entirely disagree with you on that. I, don't, I wouldn't expect the Muslim congresswoman from uh, Minnesota to spend a lot of time on your... Um, no. You know, alcohol legaliz- legalization, uh, uh, you know, thoughts. But um, nonetheless, I guess um, what my thought is surrounding the the Israeli uh, Palestinian problem is, is that I've I've looked into this and looked into it. And it really it, it's about how you look at the different stuff. Both sides have done bad things. And I feel like it's President Trump here. Um, and, uh, you know. Basically, this is an intractable. I'm sure nice what, what's that? <laughs> yeah, they're, not, they're not nice people. Uh, this is an intractable dispute. You know whose fault it really was? Is during the Holocaust, the United States would not let all these Jewish people You're right. move to the United States, and that that precipitated. It wasn't you know, the United States. It was. F- we did allow them in if they were nuclear physicists. It was well. That was afterwards. It was FDR. <laughs> no, no, no. It was you know Einstein and oh yeah, you're right at that time. Yes, if they had the skills that could contribute right. to uh, the military industrial complex, they got in. If FDR hadn't disliked Jews as much as he disliked them, I think that you know, imagine how much different the world would be. How how much better off the United States would be right now if uh, the United States had welcomed in. All of those Ashkenazi Jews from Germany and Poland and uh, and Russia and, and these places that were looking for a better place to go. These people who you know have an incredible amount of Nobel prizes under their belts since then and these sorts of a things. A lot of them did come here. I think a lot yeah. didn't, but uh, but you know. a lot of them went to Israel. Oh sure, where they where they well, all the problems are right now. You wouldn't have nearly the problems in the Middle East <laughs> that you have currently. Thank you for the call, Tom. And um, you would have I don't know the United States claiming some really productive people. This is what hate gets you. Yep. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. The Bitcoin.com wallet is a simple and powerful full-featured wallet that allows you to send and receive Bitcoin, BTC, and Bitcoin Cash, BCH, with anyone, anywhere in the world. It supports both single and multi-signature wallets and is available in multiple languages. The Bitcoin.com wallet is available on Windows, Linux, Mac, Android, and iOS devices. Use the Bitcoin.com wallet to buy, send, store, and receive both Bitcoin, BTC, and Bitcoin Cash, BCH. Learn more at wallet.bitcoin.com. That's wallet.bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live, Live Monday edition. It's Mark with you. Melanie. And Mike. And you can go to clips.freetalklive.com. There we have short, easy to share YouTube clips. And we have recently started this uh, this back up, and I think they're great. Um, you know, by and large, you're getting the the best ofs free talk live, and people are going to really love them. The thing you can do for us, please go watch them, like them, share them, subscribe to them. This will be beneficial because, well, people get these uh, these messages and they'll get them in uh, the form that they're looking for them on YouTube. It, just go to clips.freetalklive.com. Jake, listening in New Hampshire on the listen line. 
Jake, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Mark, can you hear me okay? I gotcha. All right. Hey, this is, uh, you know who this is. This is yep. Jay Noon. Yep. And uh, I wanted to just chime in a little bit about the um, women versus men. And in my experience, uh, well, I believe in the past two decades at least, that women in general are definitely have, are uh, superior to men when it comes to getting anything done and showing up to getting it done. Uh, when I was really heavily involved in the hay business and I had five, hey, six people working for those who for didn't me, uh, hear him, he said hay. Hey, yes. <laughs> I had five or six uh, people working for me. Um, most of the time, it was mostly farm girls that, you know, were hanging around the barn since they were 10, 12 years old, and we just put them to work because their mothers would drop them off, and they would take a riding lesson, and then they would clean stalls, stack hay. They started driving trucks, and now some of them are driving triaxle dump trucks for paving companies. And But I had, I had a, mostly 80% of the workforce I had in my business was uh, these, these girls. And um, one thing I can say is they never destroyed anything in the trucks. I, uh, the guys that was, you know, blowing transmissions, breaking drive lines, uh, you know, they would, Hey, how long has the brakes been grinding on this truck? Oh, I don't know. And there's anytime there was a squeal or some kind of noise that sounded different, the girls would be calling me, Hey, this truck's making a weird noise. Um, but also the guys, you know, a lot of them were like, had worked for trucking companies and I didn't really train them. So my, my observation is a little biased because, I had trained all the girls pretty right. much to do these jobs. But um, even like the guys that like I went to school with and well, what happened to them is they went to college. So they got severely, um, I don't know, brain numbed or something. Uh, the girls would just work circles around them. And I don't care if it was stacking hay or driving trucks or, you know, training horses. Uh, and, and that's just my experience. And I, and I always felt, felt they were worth more. And with our society getting so dumbed down, whether it's through, you know, chemicals, vaccines, spraying stuff, you know, uh, social media, uh, at least women, you know, have this like drive in them that they're going to have a baby someday and they need to make themselves better because they're going to have to take care of another human at some point uh, that's like embedded in their DNA. I, I think that's a, the reason that they are like, excelling nowadays and um pretty much you know most anything i i mean unless you really need to be brutally strong for it but yeah i give my um jay palmer paving where i grew up the the lady truck drivers they would rather have women in the trucks because they don't tear the trucks up for example yeah um look i don't i haven't done your business don't have the uh, the observations that you have. Um, you know, for me here on Free Talk Live, one of the things I like about a female co-host is is that um, let's give the names here real quick. Mark, Melanie, and Mike. You know that Melanie's not a man, right? Like you might get <laughs> Ma- Mark and Mike confused when you're listening on the radio, but you're not going to get Mark and Melanie or Mike and Melanie confused when you're listening on the radio. That's the biggest thing that I think of. Um, you know, I I think that all business owners, everybody has their biases, and some of those biases may have to do with gender. I do have a bias when it comes to, to gender. My belief is, is that women are better at organizational tasks, but that's just my belief. I don't 
operate as though men can't be good at organizational tasks, just that I think that sort of a general statistical thing that, yeah, yeah, you know, if you're going to have, you know, organizational or secretarial work or managerial work or things like that, maybe maybe a woman would be better at that task than a man. I don't know. But I think that a business owner uh, should be free to to have those biases. They should be able to be free to uh, choose, you know, uh, based on their experience, because if they can't make a decision based on their own experience, what are they free to do? If you can't make a decision based on what you know because of what you've been through in your life, you're not free to do something, even if you're wrong, right? Like freedom is the ability to make bad decisions by somebody's standard out there. Now, the standards of what a bad decision are, that changes because society has the zeitgeist thing that it's always going on. So I might what might be a good decision in 1850 is a bad decision in 2050. Um, you know, that's just how these and, and things those go. Bad those bad decisions are sometimes very, very valuable. Well, uh, you, at the very least, we get to see what a bad decision is, right? Wait, and, and there's some right. jobs that women are better at. There's some jobs that men are better at. And there's some jobs where it just does not matter. And I mean, like I said before, or maybe I said it on the previous show, I think I said it a few minutes ago, w- women who are truly single do make more. And it might just be because they have nothing else to do or they are more, they're going to be dedicated and they have nothing else to be dedicated to. But if you're calling off, you know, every month and, you know, being late because your kid's sick and taking extra vacation time, it's not unreasonable for you to expect to get paid less. Thanks for the call, Jay. Appreciate it. There's a background noise here. We're going to let you go. 855-450-3733. But if you are actually working more and being more productive in that job, then you should expect to be paid more. And these sounded like they were younger women, so that would be in line with what we know about the stats. Well, Jay does uh, horses and hay. Um, I know him because I lived with him at one point. <laughs> and he, um, when you know, the people that are most likely to be passionate about horses in this world tend to have two X chromosomes. Um, you know, girls just like horses more than boys tend to like horses. So you're going to have somebody in his line of work that's passionate about it because you got to have hay to have horses. You know, this is a way that I can work with horses. Obviously, somebody who loves something wants to work in close proximity to it. Um, hay and horses kind of just go together. So, um, you know, they these girls grow well, yeah, up. And that makes sense. Yeah, they, they learn a skill before they're even old enough in most cases for, for uh, you know, their contemporaries are learning a skill. Well, and that's really valuable. And I think the, the thing that gets conflated a lot when this is discussed and just in general is you can be doing something incredibly useful that does not then therefore low that this particular institution should pay you for it. So yeah, it's not like women are just, well, I'm going to call off on Tuesday because you know what? Game of Thrones has a new episode or whatever. I don't know what their schedule actually is, but but it's not, they're not just sitting around necessarily. Okay, yeah, so you're home taking care of your kid or you have to have a, a set schedule because that's when daycare is. Okay, fine, you're doing something useful, but that has absolutely nothing to do with your employer for this unrelated thing. So that's something you need to take up with your husband or your baby daddy, whichever one of those you have. Your employer is paying you to work at that job. I mean, you could you could work ninety hours a week, but if you only work twenty hours at this one job, you're going to get paid for twenty hours, not ninety hours. Yeah, um, oftentimes the the complaint is that women work a great deal in the home. Uh, this is often called emotional labor, um, and 
you know, I'm not saying it's fair, but I, you know, if if it's the patriarchy, it's certainly <laughs> held up by I don't know the um, you know, as a young person, I was raised by largely my mother up until my mother, and my grandmother up till six years old. Then I went to a school where um, all. Not some, all of the elementary school teachers were female. So up until 12 years old, all of my authority figures, other than my father, were female. My father wasn't giving a lot of instruction on life at this point. The vast majority of my instruction on life was coming from women. If women have a particular problem with um, you know, the amount of housework that's put upon them, maybe they should be talking to their sons. I'm just thinking... That uh, like maybe they should be talking to other women. They certainly shouldn't be talking to me about it because I have no control. I just do what Mrs. Edgington says. That's all. You ladies don't get to tell me. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free talk live. Talk live. It's a live Monday edition. Mark with you. It's Melanie. And Mike. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Check us out at twitch.freetalklive.com. We've got some video there. It's twitch.freetalklive.com. You can see what's going on in the studio. You can see whatever he looks like. You can see Mike's new beard. He looks like Santa Claus. Yeah. Twitch.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Let's go to Bill calling in from Albuquerque. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how are you? All's well. What's on your mind? Hey, I was. Well, I just had a question for you. Do you think that Hispanics can carry luggage better than anybody else? Do I think that Hispanics can carry luggage? No, I don't. Okay, how about uh, black people? Can they do a certain thing? Better or worse than anybody else? The evidence is that they can play basketball better. Uh, the NBA is chuck full of black people compared yeah. to whites and others. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. All right. So so what you're saying about women, that they can organize better or they can do certain tasks better, is yep. not true at all. Okay. Any man, any man can be as organized or disorganized. Do a woman's labor. Any woman can do a, a man's labor unless it's like unless it's like super heavy. Okay, that doesn't you know, follow. Different there. races have minor genetic differences. Men and women are different models. The, the, yeah, actually, the genetic difference no. between a man and a when woman to, is like comes, ten times larger than the genetic difference between different when, races. When it comes, but what I'm saying is, when it comes to the to the average workplace, working at an insurance company or working at a car dealership or whatever. Men and women should pay get paid identically the same amount of money, and it is up to is the responsibility of the employer to do the re, to do the research to make sure that they can do the job, not just assume that because they had an experience with their sister who couldn't file that they can't hire a woman to file. Okay, right. That's but the thing is that even within the same company in the same position, I can have a full-time car salesman who works ten hours of overtime every week, and I can have a part-time car salesman. That works an average of 20 hours a week. Once you average in all the time they take off, that's why people are getting paid different. It's not because this person is just horrible no, at their job. They get why. fired. That's not, that, is, that, is, that is not why. My my daughter is an attorney. She gets paid $65,000 a year. Exactly the same person that graduated at the same time, a male, gets paid $80,000. Why? Well, I, have I no don't idea know what their firms are that they're at. 
But um, the evidence, as done by journalistic organizations for the last decade, says that men and women get paid generally the same when you uh, begin checking for things like marital status, number of kids, hours worked, um, you know, the where they work, what they do. I don't know what's going on between your your daughter and the, the other attorney. So, Maybe so, he's working so at a big so, f- firm and your daughter's so doing... If that, so, if that's just, so if that's true what you're saying, why are we even talking about it? If it's, if it's so because true, there's this idea that it's not true. Yeah. Like and, it keeps getting said over and over again. And if you repeat a lie often enough, people is, believe it's true. And c- trying to compare is, an anecdote... Trying to compare an anecdotal situation like your daughter with overall averages across the population is is not a, a right. proper way. I to mean, deal I with make uh, X per year. Laura Ingram probably makes ten times what I do. Why is that okay. fair, okay. Bill? Okay. I mean, maybe your daughter's going to. No, no, Bill's going to answer the damn question. Why is it fair that Laura Ingram makes more money than me? Because they, she. It's not. It's not fair. It's not. It's not. That's not the. That's not the point. Yeah, good. She is famous and she brings this shitload. Of- LRN.FM. Jeez. Yes, Laura Ingram gets better ratings. Laura Ingram is paid more than me, and that's okay. I don't have a problem with it. I'm certainly not going to cry about her gender, right? And um. Look, so Bill, Bill's idea was is that it is simply not true what Harvard just did a study on. Right. And with Bill, been numerous studies for the past. And we don't know more details about his daughter's situation, where she went to college mm-hmm. versus where this male well, went to college. Maybe his daughter's getting screwed and she needs to go find a better job. Yeah, That's Bill entirely be. possible. You know, what were their respective grades? Who, which graduated with a higher GPA? The higher GPA is going to get you a, a higher salary, and you're starting. It tends to position. happen. So. Can, it certainly can happen. Yeah. And uh, there's lots of different reasons. An anecdotal situation does not uh, speak to the truth. Go ahead with the uh, the article. Have you finished it up here? That uh, Harvard, basically the Harvard uh, University study, says that uh, men and women are paid the same, the same as Time Magazine did uh, about a decade ago, and they just keep saying this over and over again. Yeah, and then there's there was one paragraph that I wanted to re- read that was a quote, and while this is loading, I'll just say, every job I've ever had where I worked like a man, I got paid like a man. Women get paid like women because they work like women. Okay, so they, they the researcher said, but the gap can be explained entirely by the fact that while having the same cho- choices sets in the workplace, and this was a union, so that was structured, Women and men make different choices. Women use the Family Medical Leave Act to take more unpaid time off than men, and they work fewer overtime hours at 1.5 times the wage rate. At the root of these different choices is the fact that women value time and flexibility more than men. Men and women choose to work similar hours for overtime when it is scheduled a quarter in advance, but men work nearly twice as many overtime hours than women when they are scheduled the day before. Using W-4 filings to ascertain marital status in the presence of dependents, we show that women with dependents, especially single women, value time away from work more than men with dependents. So the the situation here is that men and women are making different choices. So the only there's you kind of have three options. Pay everybody based on the work that they're producing. Two, pay pay men less than their than the work that they're producing, because if you pay women more than what they're producing, you're going to go out of business. Or three, 
force women to make different decisions than what they want to make. The None first, of those, two of those aren't going to make women very happy. Yeah. And one of those is going to cost you your male employees. So uh, the best bet is, is just, well, um, pay people what they're worth and go from there and, you know, give them some choices. Let's go to Wolfgang calling here. I'm not sure where he's calling from. Wolfgang, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hey, uh, speaking of repeating things that aren't true over and over again. Yeah. Um, you know those uh, Catholic kids? You know how the most lefties are absolutely certain that those Catholic kids were racist because they wore those red hats. Oh, the the kids that uh, that had the manga hats on. Um, that uh, the yeah. from the, Covington the, the, Catholic School. Yeah. Yeah. The, the 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 Indian yeah. guy was standing there yeah, with the yeah, drum, right. and then well, then we find out more, and then more and more. Yeah, turns out the guy so smiled knows, at somebody. Everybody, all those lefties know they were racist just because they were wearing those hats. Likewise. Your co-host, Mike, is convinced that that woman, Omar, the congresswoman, because she's wearing that do-rag, we know she's an anti I, I don't care about her. I don't care about her headwear. I didn't produce any evidence that, of anything she's ever said that was anti-Semitic. She's well, didn't she apologize for one thing? Yeah. She was... and everybody knows. Everybody knows. But no evidence of anything that everybody knows. It's got to be the do-rag. That's my theory. So you got a theory. That's it? So if that's not why you would think something that she's never said anything anti-Semitic. But she has. Why else would you? Like she apologized for saying something anti-Semitic, right? Yeah, she apologized for not saying anything anti-Semitic. You can't point to anything that she said that was anti-Semitic. Yet everybody knows it. Even she has to apologize when... All right, Wolfgang. You do. um, uh, Excuse me. All right, Mike. uh, Wolfgang says you're anti-Semitic or Uh, something. uh, No, no, I want to... Yeah, I want to... Anti-Omar. Well, you know, you know well, why I'm, do you think she's anti-Semitic? Because you can't produce any evidence that she is. I, is what do you mean? I haven't. Pro- I've, I've, we've we've mentioned the previous instance where she was making uh, anti-Semitic comments, and her what, own what party comment? took her to task yeah. and censured her. Yeah, and you didn't produce a comment. So it's, it's not like it was the opposite knows. party that was forcing her to to apologize for this. Her own party recognized it, her comments as anti-Semitic. How is that evidence that she said anything anti-Semitic? Just because her party said it. Just like um, no, it. because her comments were public. In well, a public right. speech, in public twi- tweets. Well, it's a little unfair to expect him to quote them off the top of his head. Right. I'm sure so he's he read them, Wolfgang. He anything. He has no evidence. Yet he knows. And same thing with everybody else with it. You know, I, I don't know anything about the lady, but I uh, I do immediately suspect uh, people based on the religion when this conversation between Israel and Palestine comes up. Right. Like you can pretty much guess what people's opinion is based on the religion that you they have. Like the lefties talking about the, the Catholic kids, you know, they're Catholic. They got red. Hats no, no. I'm red. telling you. Did, did, OK, <laughs> Wolfgang, is, is, that- is it not true, Wolfgang, that you can generally expect what you, somebody's opinion to be based on their religion in this particular conversation? Right. About, about whether they're anti-Semitic. Or no, not? no, I didn't say the word anti-Semitic. I said I well, thought I. What? Thanks for the call. Well, well, the question- Appreciate it. 855-450-3733. 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. Ike was such a sweet, lovable animal, and people would want to pet him, and they'd come up, and they'd get close to him, and it would be this instant, oh, 
my dad didn't want to touch him. It's like, ooh, get the stinky dog away from me. Even after we'd give her a bath, she would still stink. Very stinky, both bad breath and bad gas. I asked the vet, and he said, some dogs are just stinky. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. The ingredients convinced me that it was definitely worth trying. After about a week, he started smelling normal. My husband and I were really kind of astonished. Dynavite is nutrition. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Kicking off the second hour of the Monday night edition. It's Mark with you. Melanie. And Mike. And, well, the... The last hour was, you know, as usual on here on Free Talk Live, goes all over the board. But we started out talking about this wage gap between men and women. And uh, some Harvard study says, well, not really. And honestly, that's the same as Time Magazine about a decade ago said, eh, not really. And um, I guess something happened where... Uh, somebody made Google go through its personnel files and they did find a wage gap disparity? Yeah, they did. So Google was recently sued by a woman who said that she was underpaid because her male colleagues made more. This is shortly after they fired the guy for explaining why there was... Well, explaining and then emailing everyone in the company why he thought there was less women programmers at Google, which was the case. Yeah, he he gave some kind of uh, explanation, and, and he detailed with you know scientific studies and things like that to support his position. So he it wasn't like he was just ranting. No, it was scientific racism. <laughs> no, scientific. Excuse me, sexism. Yeah. So yeah, so they they were sued by her. So they pretty much had to go through and say, okay, let's make sure we're paying everybody. As a big company, that's what they have to do yeah, because any jury, uh, you know, you get a you get a gal in there who's able to demonstrate. Look, um, I'm working just as much, just as many hours, doing the same work as these guys. I'm getting seventy five cents on the dollar. What's wrong with that? The jury is going to lop their head off. Google's figurative head, since it doesn't have one. Yes. Yeah, so Google compensated. It says ten thousand six hundred and seventy seven employees, an extra nine point seven million. To offset the uh, un- the underpaid wages in the study, so Both. they actually paid people b- yes. money for uh, that they hadn't been paid based on their gender. All right. Yeah, most of these people were men. They're men. Wait a second, that doesn't fit the narrative. How in the world could men be paid less than women, unless? This narrative that's been shoved down our throat for the last 40 years has been BS, but people continue to believe it in face in, in the face of evidence. And as a result, we've all become mind-numbed, uh, mind and now the bias is that women should be paid more than men, even though we don't know. Well, that just means that math is sexist. The now math and science it, it, and uh, Google, uh, everybody's sexist. Well, glaciers are sexist, apparently, it's, according to that what passed for a study 
Cooper. What happened with the well, glaciers? Oh uh, yeah, there was somebody who wrote an article. Some scientist who wrote, or someone pretending to be a scientist who was actually probably like women's studies or some BS uh-huh. like that. Uh, apparently, glaciers are sexist. But why? What is sexist about a glacier? How could anybody in their right mind make a statement like? I didn't glaciers- say it was anybody in their right mind. I, I I, here's was- because Google is a software company. Uh huh. I can show that they're inherently sexist, and it comes from a, a, a paper that I read once by a, a postmodernist feminist writer who said that binary code is sexist because it's made up of ones and zeros. Uh-huh. The ones are phallic symbols. Okay. The zeros are vaginal uh, symbols. Vaginal symbols. All right. And ones are inherently more valuable than zeros, so that's inherently biased against on as opposed so to turned off. All machine code is sexist. Okay, that's insane. Perpetuating the well, good thing we're not writing code in binary anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I will admit when um, you know, like uh, electricians call things, uh, you know, male and female plugs and stuff. Clearly, somebody needed a little more attention at home uh, by you know calling these things. But but it's kind of obvious, like the one thing fits into the other thing. But uh, But you know, it's not sexist. It's just perverted <laughs> like, that's right it's, uh, it's kind of perverted it's just, a, it's just like what am i discriminating the, against the outlet it's I the mean. mechanics you know it, it, yeah and i was an electrician in the air yeah. force so i'm i'm very very familiar <laughs> with with the idea of of male and female connectors and pins yeah and, and but they're not and, like pro reptile because they believe in alligator clips either right well, well you know there is a lot of and i and i do have to admit there is a lot of inherently uh sexist stuff in the electrical field okay, okay. tell me well for instance uh resistors these little semiconductor components uh-huh. they have each resistor has its own value in number of ohms right and there's a color code that tells you what the resistance of a particular resistor is uh-huh. and the way you remember what the value of each color represents okay is with a memnonic yeah and the memnonic it tells you the the order of the colors and the memnonic is bad Women boys are rape our young girls but violet gives willingly okay go ahead. what is it it's bad boys rape our young girls but violet gives willingly okay obviously a rather sexist saying but it's been used for decades by electricians of both genders <laughs> you know, I mean, if something works, I tend not to be too upset about it, right? I would rather my house not have an electrical fire than the electricians use nicer words. Right. <laughs> as, as long as they remember. Maybe somebody should come up with a new mnemonic, but, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, let's go to the phones here. We've got uh, Sarah calling in from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. What do you got for us? Yes, I, I just learned today that... Albuquerque, the Albuquerque Police Department will accept the new gun control um, signed by the governor. Why wouldn't the police department accept? Uh, As opposed to having a coup? Um, well, there are counties in New Mexico that are declaring themselves sanctuary counties against enforcement of gun control laws. Well, it's kind of interesting. Good luck yeah. with that. I mean, it's, uh, I, I, don't, I don't imagine it'll work, but it's kind of an oh, interesting. Oh, no, it is working. I mean, basically because it's in the rural counties, the sheriffs are the ones that are enforcing it, okay. and they're elected. They're basically saying, no, we're not going to enforce these laws because they do conflict with the Constitution, and that's what 
what they're sworn to defend is that's the Constitution. true. They make a, they make an oath to the Constitution. It's just that you know the difficulty is, is when the when the what a uh, county sheriff is told by the state government to do something. Usually, at some point or another, they capitulate, um, whether it's uh, quickly or um, over time. But um, as the case may be, uh, mostly when it comes to gun laws, Sarah, wouldn't you agree that in a country that says that the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, that we probably should change the Constitution before we pass a new gun law? Well, the thing about it, the thing about it is that um, big cities like Santa Fe yep. or Las Cruces, those aren't big cities. They're metropolitan and Albuquerque. Uh huh. Not a big city. The ones that suffer actually with gun violence um, crimes here. Oh, I'm sure that so, there's gun violence crimes, but those those cities are in America. And America has a constitution, and the constitution says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Don't you think, before they make a law that talks about keep that infringes the right to keep and bear arms, that they ought to do something about the Second Amendment before they pass some uh, crazy law that that's contrary and, to it? And it's you know statistically provable that it's the gun-free zones where the bulk of the gun violence happens. Right. I mean, isn't that a problem too, Sarah? I mean, like you know, the places where the guns are outlawed is where the gun crime is occurring. Well, I just want to say, you can have uh, uh, some, yesterday, I think this morning, no, yesterday, uh, a burglar broke into somebody's home and pointed a gun at him. That's not a burglar. That's a home invader. What? Yeah, here in Albuquerque, and then they're in a hospital. The homeowner's in the hospital? Why wasn't the homeowner shooting back? You know, like it's already illegal to break into people's houses and shoot guns at them. Right. So adding another law of you can't have the gun, you're already looking at, I don't know what the laws are. They're, they're what, 20 to life, something like that? Where'd they get at the gun from? Years? The Obama administration? Yeah, okay, they- that's what that's what we split, is that the, the, in order to have a gun, your uncle just can't hand it to you. Your brother just can't give it out to his other 90%, brother. That's what's going on right now. 90% so, so they got to steal one. 90% of guns used in crime are illegally obtained. So it's not like a criminal is going to borrow or buy a gun from their uncle or their friend or, or whoever. They're getting their guns illegally. And, and actually, That's this right. is another reason why I really hate gun-free zones, particularly when you're dealing with store-by-store store and, and, and public accommodation-by-public accommodation, because if I'm going around and I'm armed, exercising my right to be armed, and I go to a, want to go to a place and I need to leave my gun in the car, that leaves my gun vulnerable to being robbed from the gun, and that's putting it into crime. Gun-free zones contribute to the supply of illegal weapons. Let's also remember that licensed concealed... Thank you for the call, Sarah. Licensed concealed carry uh, permit holders, I think, are... Uh, Tenth as likely to commit a crime as a police officer and like a hundredth as a regular citizen. Free talk live. Monday edition, 
Terribly sorry. Technical difficulties there. It's uh, Mark with you. Melanie. And Mike. And we're talking about this, uh, the situation where Google apparently was uh, uh, being sued by some woman that uh, the idea was is that she was being paid less than her contemporaries and that's uh, sexist and wrong. So Google has to go through and do a little accounting to figure out what's going on. And turns out, yes, they are paying people. Um, if you if you normalize for gender, they are paying people less based on gender, uh, one gender less than the other. But it's men, not women, in a lot of cases. And so they have to go through and they have to fix that. Uh, and I, you know, I guess I would ask this, ladies and gentlemen, why is it that we expect that um, if somebody makes the accusation that women are being paid less than men, that it's true? and somebody uh, makes the accusation that men are being paid less than women, it is a novelty and, huh, well, well, I don't believe that, or whatever. I say it's because we've been told over and over and over again this untruth, this uh, historical, historical this, this fact that may have been historical at one point, but is not true now, that women are paid less than men. And it may be true if you just say, you know, based on gender, women, this is what women make, this is what men make, and this is 73%. Okay, that's fine. But when you look at hours worked and things like that, suddenly it all goes away. And I'd be interested in your thoughts on it. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Matthew calling in from Louisiana. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening. So um, Sarah mentioned that the big city police chiefs, that's a big city in uh, New Mexico, have said that they're going to uh, enforce the uh, background check law should it come into effect. Did they say did they say how they were going to achieve this bit of miraculous policing? You know, I don't know. How do you do, how do you enforce a background check? I mean, I guess that's where the big cities are where the gun stores are. Well, the background check is on private sales. Oh, that's not possible. That I, I don't know what the gun, what the law is that Sarah's talking about. I just uh, try to take uh, whatever Sarah says and, and riff with it because you're never sure whether it's a fact or not. Well, she she um, is talking about what they call the universal background check, uh-huh. which there's no way of doing without a, first establishing a gun registry. And as Connecticut proved, that doesn't work very well. People just don't comply. Well, you still can't do it because files exist. So. The, you, actually, to make a correction here, a universal background check is impossible not because it requires a registry. It's impossible because of of privacy. Um, the, For instance, we already have the InstaCheck system, and by law, that sort of criminal record data is only accessible by law enforcement so and 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 so when you go to a gun shop to buy a gun they submit the de- the information you the buyer puts on the form to either their state police or to the uh, federal nix system and they do the background check and say and if the person has a record they are turned down, but if they don't have a record, they're allowed to buy. So you don't need to have gun registry to do background checks, but the having universal background checks on all gun sales between private persons is impossible because the law simply does not allow that sort of access to criminal records. Not yet. Well, there's also the, well, you're supposed to take it to a dealer and have them do it, but 
uh, there's nothing to stop somebody from being inside the privacy of their own home and loaning a gun to somebody uh, or uh, selling a gun to somebody. The only problem, it only becomes an issue if uh, a policeman happens to uh, get a hold of that gun as a result of a crime occurring. No, no, no. These laws that they're passing, for instance, there's one that was passed in Vermont, which has been deemed unenforceable, is they're trying to do it so that if I'm at the shooting range with a friend Mm -hmm. and I let my friend shoot my gun at the shooting range, that's a transfer and and it needs a background check. And if we don't do a background check, I've broken the law. That's... Yeah. Yeah, that's basically uh, other aspects of it as well. Uh, But... They passed this same sort of thing in Washington state, and sheriffs up there have said, we're not going to enforce it because it's unenforceable. Oregon state, sheriffs up there have said the same thing. And meanwhile, in New Jersey, the magazine ban is still in effect, and nobody's turned in their magazines yet. Yeah, nobody's turned in a and single magazine. the police are looking at the governor, mm-hmm. what do you expect us to do about this, Mardellick? Right. I mean, you know, they, they pass these laws to look good for the, uh, you know, the Bloombergs of the world, the, the gun banners, the, the gun grabbers. But uh, they, you know, in a lot of cases, these things aren't enforceable at all. They don't have goods. The, the people who dislike guns don't have good systems for diminishing gun crime. They have systems that make other people feel good, but they don't achieve much. And, um, you know, when you start looking at what the real problem is, nobody has a good solution for it because, well, the guns that are used in crime tend to be uh, guns that were stolen. And that means the police failed at their job of protecting you. So, Or, or were complicit, as we've seen in, in the Fast and Furious uh scandal where right. the government That's why I asked whether the about whether they got their uh, guns from the Obama administration Exactly. Yeah. And and uh, Yeah, ATF agents selling guns out of the back of their uh, car. I love how the, um, the by the way on Facebook I love the uh, the whole idea of uh, the Obama administration administration with no scandals. What the where the hell were you for 8 years? The Obama administration yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um plenty yeah. of scandals none prosecuted because Eric Holder and and Lynch were both in the bag. Right. Yeah. Well, there's not going to they're not going to be prosecuted. You get yourself thrown into Facebook jail by saying any of that stuff. Oh, I I went right out and said I oh I seem to remember their uh, Obama's military uh, shelling a Doctors Without Borders hospital, um, and then I was I was lambasted by liberals because La- Obama couldn't do anything about that. Well, <laughs> you know, it's not like that doesn't make it a scandal. He is the commander in chief. So yeah. yeah. Now, well, as we are noticing, uh, it seems that our government just really doesn't care who the president is. It just keeps rolling along like a big old wheel. Yeah, the government's going to so, keep doing what the government does. But, um, you know, it's 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 interesting to watch the parties begin to get ramped up. At this point, um, you know, the, the, the Democrats have, have, have gone full tilt insane the way the Republicans yeah. did when Obama was uh, freshly in I office. I say even further. I mean, particularly with the gun regs, one particularly bad gun law they're trying to pass is these red flag laws where, you know, due process is gone and anyone can call the police and say that they are scared that you may have guns and that will justify a raid on your home and, and shooting you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But yeah. there is hold on, sorry. News. Hold on, we'll get to good news. 855-450-3733 Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? 
Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Free Talk Live. It's a live Monday edition. Mark with you. Melanie. And Mike. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450. Free. Don't you miss ForkFest 2018? Well, you can start planning now to attend ForkFest 2019. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians next summer. Yes, the summer coming here, June 13th through the 18th for ForkFest 2019 at Rogers Campground in beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the other camping parties in the woods, and you're invited to come and create whatever experience you'd like to have. ForkFest is decentralized, which means no one's in charge. It's just up to you to create what happens, or you can simply relax and go camping with other Liberty lovers. For more information and to Connect with uh, other Forkfesters via the unofficial Telegram chat, um, You can, or you can go to the Forkfest forum. Visit forkfest.party. Pretty much all the information's over there at forkfest.party. Go to, back to Matthew here. He said he had some good news surrounding gun laws in America. Matthew, you're back on Free Talk Live. So uh, Oklahoma and soon Kentucky are going constitutional carry. Then you have to live in Oklahoma or Kentucky, though. Now, well, what, I think for the laws of those states to apply to you, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think the best thing about constitutional carry is, is you're just likely to get less likely to get drug in. Um, you know, a good law-abiding gun owner is less likely to get drug into uh, you know court and bothered about having a gun. It it's not the gun. It's what you did with it that's the problem. If somebody's in for somehow illegal gun ownership, the whole system's failed. We failed if that's the problem. If the problem is you having a weapon, well, humans have had weapons as long as there have been humans. We need weapons. We need to be able to protect ourselves because there's always somebody out there that wants to take your stuff. There's nothing wrong with having a weapon. It's when you use it to try to take somebody else's stuff. That's the problem. Well, the problem is humans generally, we are really bad with teeth and claws thing. We're not very good at that sort of game. Yeah, you don't want to fight a mountain lion barehanded. Although there's a good story on the Internet of somebody who is a jujitsu practitioner that did put a chokehold on a mountain lion. A mountain lion, a, a, a juvenile mountain lion that was only 27 pounds. Oh, yeah, that's a whole different story. <laughs> I didn't read the story, obviously. <laughs> that came out later. Yeah. That was a little clickbait, though. Yeah, yeah. All right, that makes a lot more sense to me, then. Because I would think that a mountain lion would just throw you over and then bite you in the neck. neck. (laughs) Thanks for the call, Matthew. Appreciate it. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Melanie, we keep on uh, interrupting your reading of the story here, but I guess Google... 
was forced by a lawsuit to look at the gender disparity and pay and the pay gap and found out there was in fact a gender disparity in the pay gap, but it wasn't the direction that they thought. It turns out they were paying more men lower than women. Yeah, and from MSN, Google's. Oh, I can only imagine MSN is really upset that they have to print this story. Go ahead. Yeah, Google's twenty. Well, I always try to find a source that would not want to say what it is that I want to say. Sure, sure. It just seems more credible, even though that's not. It's really fun. The case. Google's twenty eighteen analysis found that in one group of lower level software engineers, men quote received less discretionary funds than women, according to. The post authorized by Google's lead analyst for pay equality and, and people analytics, Laura, someone. So uh, discretionary funds doesn't sound like a paycheck to me. Discretionary funds sounds like a slush fund that your particular group of people, I don't know, your department has. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I suppose that the men should have the same slush fund as the women have, but that's not a pay gap. That's a slush fund gap, right? Yeah, what is this well, discretionary fund for? I mean, it's... It, I mean, it doesn't... I don't know. They're just writing the story. Go ahead. Nearly half of the adjustment fund was spent on dis- discrepancies in offer... The fund was spent? On discrepancies in offers to new hire, Lauren wrote, which was the result of a new hire an- analysis Google conducted in the 2018 study. That doesn't... Uh, maybe they've created a fund to pay out the difference in the. Uh, That's that sounds more yeah. logical. Maybe than, the fund is to pay out for. And they wound their, up paying more to men be, than to women. Correct things. Than, I see. Okay. okay, go ahead. Google outlined its method. Google outlined its methodology for the report, saying it runs statistical analysis to look for unexplained differences in total compensation, salary, bonus, and equity. Equity being stock options, not the ethereal concept of equity. Okay. Across demographic groups, Google analyzed every job group and found at least 30 employees total and at least five per demographic group. The analysis included 91% of Google employees. So 91% of uh, Google employees were analyzed, and when they found pay discrepancies, those discrepancies tended uh, tended towards men. Well, there we go, folks. We have now reached peak equality, ladies. Um, This is it. This is what it looks like. Now we have uh, companies, large companies, the big employers of the world, doing uh, analysis on themselves and coming up with the analysis that, oops, we've been paying women too much. This is what it feels like, by the way. Um, You know, when you're like, well, there's nothing I could do about it. I wasn't paying these men too little. This is what men feel like and have felt like for decades when we're getting talked to about the patriarchy. I don't know what this patriarchy is, but it's not me. Absolutely. When I was in the military, we saw this because women in the same rank got paid more than men simply because they had their their dress and, and grooming standards. Someone decided that they cost more, so they got more money to pay for all their grooming needs and so forth so you know we always said geez you know why you know, why don't they just adjust the standards and but uh you know it would always seem to be something that was uh, you know where where's this patriarchy if we've got it already set up in the system where they're they're actually paying more the other way well i think that that brings us to our next story which is 
now we have a Supreme Court ruling on, um, well, the draft and the gender, the obvious gender disparity that's going on in society, right? Like, so we have a court ruling or we have a Supreme Court ruling? A court ruling, I believe. No, it was the Supreme Court ruled. Okay, go ahead. That, do you uh, have it? Do you have it here, there? On, on I don't have it in front of me, okay. but I read the article the other day. It was the Supreme Court ruled that uh, as long as all combat positions are open to women, that it is uh, unequal for only men to be subject to the draft. So I've got here uh, from National Public Radio, not exactly a bastion of conservative politics. Um, judge rules male only draft violates the Constitution, requiring. Only men to register for the draft is unconstitutional, a federal judge has ruled. The Military Selective Service Act states that men in the U.S. ages 18 through 25 must register in case the country needs a military draft. Women face no such requirement. On Friday, a federal judge in Texas ruled that males uh, that the that a males only draft violates the equal protection uh, provisions of the U.S. Constitution. While historical restrictions on women in the military may have justified past discrimination, they don't anymore. Wrote Senior Judge Gary Miller of the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Texas. So, um, I am not celebrating this. I do not consider this a win for men's rights or anything like that. I don't that. think there's much of a this to either celebrate or mourn. Well, we, first we okay. need to account for the fact that there actually isn't a draft. We have selective service. Yes. So there hasn't actually been an active draft since, I think, 1972 or something. Thereabouts, right. Uh, you can not still a draft. get arrested, though, for not signing up. So you, but you probably are going to face restrictions for like yeah. uh, college grants yes. and, and uh, yeah. licenses and get, things like yeah, that. Yeah, you don't get arrested for not signing up for the selective service. You are denied access to college loan G- GSLs and things like that. So it's certainly, um, you know, and it's a heavy incentive to register for the draft, yeah. even though there isn't a draft currently. And we'll go into this here uh, a little bit more. The number. If you'd like to comment, 855-450-3733. Going to get to the Discord chat here. Kind of forgetting about that. By the way, if you want to uh, go to discord.freetalklive.com, you'll sound great. It's discord.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Live Monday edition. Mark with you. Melanie. And Mike. You can call in and talk about... Whatever's on your mind. And, well, don't forget about our Discord like I did. <laughs> Go to discord.freetalklive.com. There's an app there. It's probably the better way to do it rather than uh, the online uh, version. But I use the online version, too. You just can't make the call in. You get the app. You can make a call in from your phone. You sound significantly better. I'd like to demonstrate that to you by bringing on the Christian Anarchist. Right now on Free Talk Live. Christian Anarchist, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, I heard uh, Sarah earlier whining about guns, and so that reminded me of something. I just just got back from uh, Australia and New Zealand, and, you know, down there, they don't even have guns for the cops, which I agree with. I I wish that all cops were disarmed and only the citizens had guns. Right, but, but I mean, the funny thing is here in America is you're going to send people with guns to go get uh, the people with guns. It doesn't right. make any sense. If if having so, guns is bad, then why would you have, give them to the police? And and I asked a, a lady down there about the guns in New Zealand. They do still have some hunting guns, but single no shot. Hand, 
I don't, I'm not sure, probably, but they don't have any handguns. But now I was listening to the radio down there, and someone in Christchurch has just, and that's the name of a town name in of a town, New yeah. Zealand. Uh, they've decided to start taking pot shots at the cops, I suppose, using one of these one shot hunting guns. So, or even an air rifle, potentially. Well, New Zealand yeah. has, yeah, New Zealand allows more firearm ownership than Australia. They're two different countries. So, yeah, this right. Uh, Their flags look similar. <laughs> yeah. And they drive, they both drive on the wrong side of the road. So yeah. now I'm having to, I just got back into the car that was in the parking garage <laughs> for two weeks and I'm reaching for the wrong side of the steering wheel for the turn signal indicator. Yeah. I've done it, done it twice now. Anyway, um, at least I'm not driving down the wrong side. How of the do the road. cops handle somebody with a gun in New Zealand if they don't well, have any guns? Well, this is this is what the story's about. Uh, they're uh, on the news. They said, "Well, now we've got to arm the police because somebody's shooting at us," and they only do it during you know high-profile events such as this. So the guns, you know, I guess they got all their guns locked away in a cabinet somewhere, and so now the cops are breaking out their guns and they're going to be wearing their guns until they catch this guy. But they haven't a clue who's doing it, and they even said on the news report that they have no idea how many people have, how many guns are out there in New Zealand. So they have lost their, through their regulation and confiscation program and everything else, they've lost track of how many people actually have guns or where all the guns are, because apparently a lot of them didn't get turned down, turned in, surprise, surprise, and uh, so they don't have an accurate guess of how many guns are out there but a lot, a lot so, of boating accidents <laughs> yeah Oops, drop yeah. drop the gun overboard sorry um yeah a lot of boating accidents it, well the the conspiracy theorist in me says well, these cops aren't either um well, they, they either they're misreporting getting shot at or there's a cop out there that they've all agreed all right jim you take a couple of shots over or near us or whatever we trust you you're a great shot you're not going to kill any of us and uh you know if you get out there and do this then we'll be able to have our guns back so we got the guns uh gun ownership to be completely illegal and many police officers certainly not all in america but Many police officers would just like the guns to be illegal because that that way, you know, it's a, it's just a prohibition. It's easy to find people who are doing something that's prohibited. It's hard to find criminals, and, uh, and so so they'd rather have that to do, and then the, the 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 cops get their guns back. You could be right. Now I do like being in countries where the cops don't have guns because I have less chance of getting shot by a cop. So. That that part I like. I, I don't like the fact that the citizens don't have. I can't guns. remember what the number is, but I think it's like ten times. Uh, you're ten times more likely to be shot by a cop in America than you are to be killed by a terrorist. And a lot of people yeah, are scared of terrorists. All we have to do is look at uh, YouTube to to see that for a fact. And as far as terrorists go, I've said this over twenty years at least. I've said, said to people, there are no terrorists in this country. There are no terrorists in this country, zero terrorists in this country, because if we had any terrorists in this country, they would be performing attacks on a regular basis, and we would have a lot of dead people. Instead of this idea that we're treating everybody like a terrorist, let's start using statistics. That just, the statistics show us that there aren't any terrorists in this country, because there aren't any terrorist attacks. Well, there's it's a not few like here and there, but I mean, it's it's vanishingly small by the list of population. In, and if you want the terrorist attacks small. to go away, uh, just stop uh, occupying people's homelands. Right. 
But I mean, even the homegrown terrorist, which is the, yeah. you know, the thing that the thing they like to spout, that doesn't even happen very often. How, how long has it been since Timothy McVeigh? You know, how long has it been since any of these people have There's actually a few here and there, there, but not yeah. many. I mean, there is there is Hassan at, at uh, the Fort Hood shooting. Yeah. Um, there is a fellow with the uh, uh, natural the, the propane tanks in Times Square in his car. Right. But he got caught. He got you know, and you by, know, act, by well, citizens, was, not he, cops. Yeah. They're, so they're catching a lot of these guys. And, and a lot of the you know, a lot of this is because of of a lot of surveillance that goes on. Well, they're not catching a lot of guys either, because half of the guys, at least, that they claim to have caught were set up by the oh, FBI absolutely. or set up by, you know, they do these sting operations. It's like when you have a cop out in the corner pretending to be a hooker and then you arrest people for prostitution. Well, well it's, it's, it's a little bit worse than that, because in that scenario, you have somebody who is kind of looking for it anyway. The uh, the But they FBI, don't have the... They don't have the means. You know, I've, I've mentioned this in the past. You have to have motive and I mean, you have to have a desire and you have to have means. There are thousands of people with the desire, but they don't have the means. So if you provide them the means to go do something that they couldn't have had done in the past and they couldn't have done naturally, then you haven't. They you didn't haven't even necessarily start with it. Well, but in the case of the FBI, these people didn't even these people had no interest in terrorism until they were kind of. Pro- they were stirred up. Yeah. I think that I think there's a difference yeah. between uh, sentiment and desire, though, because I'm sure that there's a a good number of people who you know wouldn't mind if certain attacks happened. I mean, there's I'm sure there's plenty sure. of libertarians who would never would not b- mind if someone nuked Washington D.C. Um, would get rid of a lot of problems, but none of them would actually seek to act on that sort of thing. Well, I'll go even farther, and I'll state that there's probably a lot of people that would do a lot of damage if they could, but they can't because they don't have the means. Now, if you provide them the means, then you haven't, and then you and then you bust them. You haven't stopped a crime. There's, there's so much easy way to do that. On, I mean, there's so much information online in terms of doing uh, uh, improvised explosive devices, um, 3D printing weapons, things like that. I mean, there's plenty of means available out there that are not that expensive. Yeah, if they but, want to do it, but they just, you know, they may have the. If it was handed to them, they may have the desire to do something, but they won't go through the work well, and, of creating it. And there's been lots of act there's been several times here in new hampshire where somebody maybe it was the a federal agent maybe it was just some kind of dupe i don't know but somebody has come in and basically said hey i got the goods guys let's go and do this thing or that thing or yeah, you know what would you do if you up. had yeah. this and that right. and those kind of things and you pretty much you know i don't like to play the game let's guess who the fed is but when they start talking like that that's pretty much what i presume because and a lot of times some of these guys are nothing more than big shot, you know, guys with a big mouth. Yeah. And they just want to say they're going to do all this stuff. But then, uh, you know, the feds come in there and give them some stuff and then they they kind of put them on the spot and then they have to act out a little bit. And then they come in and bust. Well, them. And they usually so, work on these people for months, if not years. I mean, they almost coax most of these people into. Co- no, that doesn't make these people innocent. If you go around blowing up civilian buildings, you're, you know, a horrible person at the very least. But they they spend months and years coaxing people into even having any interest in this and they did that and then teach them how to build bombs and stuff okay well maybe quit training terrorists fbi in one case they actually made they took a they they called this guy had got had gotten a job in a different state and he was going to move away and then you know the plan wasn't going to happen they called and got the guy fired 
from the new job. The FBI says you we shouldn't hire you or whatever. I don't know um, how they explained it. And you know, I mean, that's that that's that's something darn close to entrapment. I'm that's sorry. That's pretty sick, is what it is. That's definitely a setup. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, what that's what it is. Sick. I mean, these these people are sick. I don't know if ISIS even has that kind of determination. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for and, I'm, and I'm not talking about the, the terrorists that are sick. I'm talking about the cops that are sick for right. setting these guys up. By the way, yeah. great audio. <laughs> There's something going on there. Appreciate the call, Gene. All right. 855-450-3733. It's 855 free. I, you know, yes, I want law enforcement to uh, get the people that are going to blow people up. No, I don't want law enforcement funding and training terrorists, and then once they've funded and trained a terrorist, then to go in and get the terrorists they funded and trained. That's not what I'm looking for out of my law it's enforcement. job security for your bureaucracy. Well, th- great. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. Go to themorganreport.com and receive updates and insights you will not find anywhere else on the web. You will discover how to grow and protect your wealth under all market conditions. The Free Morgan Report provides interviews, webinars, question and answer sessions, plus mind-blowing videos. As David Morgan says, let my passion create your wealth. Themorganreport.com. Themorganreport.com. right it is free talk live it's the live sunday edition we're kicking off the third hour here it's mark with you melanie and mike call in talk about whatever's on your mind the number 855-450-3733 it's 855-450-FREE or you can use the discord lines at discord.freetalklive.com let's go to dave calling in from new hampshire dave you're on free talk live hi crew have you guys been following the uh, case of uh, New Hampshire right to travel activist Jessica Love? No, I uh, did talk to her online, asked her to call in, and she's been rather busy. Okay. Uh, yeah, I obviously she can tell you more and better than I could, but I guess she uh, she recently wrapped up a 10-year, a 10-year run, apparently, of of uh, driving without a license and finally got caught. And, um, you know, she says, she says it was worth it. Apparently they, this must have, I think she got caught about a month ago uh, and they, they took her, uh, they took her car temporarily. And I guess there was sort of a, uh, you know, a, a hassle for her and a lot of activists kind of had to, to help her uh, briefly or maybe a couple activists had to help her. Uh, but she said uh, she says she and I guess she added up. She had to go to court. She added up all the all the numbers of how much it cost her and so forth. And she said she saved a lot of money by doing doing it this way, despite all the uh, all the rigmarole that the court put her through. Well, that's interesting. That's how it turns out a lot of the time. If you can get a good run, in a lot of cases, in in ver- for various violations, you come out ahead. I mean, I've I. <sighs> I don't know. I don't think that there's a lot to the uh, the notions that you're, you know, you're not required to have a license, and that's only for vessels and you know, whatever it is that uh, people may come up with. 
But I can say this. It's highly unlikely when we're talking about an adult that if you take away their driver's license, I'm not going to be a better or worse driver's driver if my driver's license expires and I don't pay to renew it. Like at like it doesn't change how good or bad of a driver I am. I'm just the same guy I was at this time without a driver's license. So the only reason for somebody who's at some point gotten their driver's license to lose their driver's license is basically just money. Uh, it's it's all about them, you know, getting the money or whatever. I mean, you could do some things and they can take your driver's license away from you. And then, you know, maybe that'll get you to be a better driver because, well, I don't know, reasons. But they, um, you know, I, I think mostly they just do it to get paid. Yeah, <clears throat> there is kind of a, an interesting a history, a rich history of, of uh, the, the right to travel activism in New Hampshire. Uh, I guess most recently there was that uh, state, there's a state rep who, who's a right to travel guy, and he, he took it to court and everything. And he, he did try to, you know, use all these conspiracy theories and uh, procedures and uh, incantations and refused to, if he refused to cross the bar into the area where the judge and the prosecutors were. Yeah, his name's Dick, Dick Marple. There's nothing else. There's nothing else that, that provides, you know, a little bit of color along yeah. the, the lonely road we must travel. Yeah, I mean, when I look at this, uh, you know, that stuff, I, you know, if you're just trying to baffle them with BS, feel free. But uh, don't, don't expect me to, uh, to, to get on board with all that stuff. It's just not my belief well, the, system. Yeah, as with anything else, the important thing is not whether you like what someone's saying, but whether they're doing what's right. And yeah. standing up to, to the government is what's Not right. a lot of people doing, uh, you know, standing up and pushing back against the inexorable growth of the state. And if they are, they're my teammate. Oh, you know what? As long as we're talking about Jessica Love, uh, did you know she, she actually is starting a... Uh, New Hampshire Yellow Vest Branch. Yes, I've seen her uh, at a a few events. She's uh, got her vest, and and, uh, she's been rather vocal on social media about that. Yeah, the uh, Yellow Vest thing sweeping Europe, and uh, I guess they're trying to get a little something going here in America, too. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Dave. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, since you were talking about that, first of all, uh, Kurt Riggin, R-I-G-G-I-N. Uh, anybody know that name? I recognize it, but no, I couldn't tell you why. No. Well, you look it up on Google sometime. It's right up what you're talking about, uh, right to drive, stuff like that. I, uh, and part, what he does is part of what I, the message I'm trying to convey is here's one for instance he was pulled over one time he never had a driver's license um he was pulled over one time and he had fought these guys in court so many times the cop pulled up behind him sat there for about 20 minutes and then just left once he figured out <laughs> it was him because they didn't want they didn't want to deal with him anymore and and that's the message is the other like the other day ian uh, cut the phone the end, end of the phone call when i said uh uh that i'm, I'm up against uh, i got i got the one set of charges for for calling my government on the telephone, and and now I got another government agency. The court is threatening to call the sheriff on me for for calling and asking for answers that I'm entitled to, and uh, and and 
Ian Ian's mindset is that uh, you'll get to, you'll get to fight it when they when they uh, cite you and take you into court. And and what I'm trying to get across is like this Kurt Riggin, uh, and that's Kurt with a K. Um, is that if you battle them before they battle you and battle them hard, then the cop will pull up behind you, sit there for about 20 minutes, and then leave when he figures out who you are. That's the, anyway. I didn't. That, that's not my topic. I just meant threw that in there because it might be. Oh, and and the side note, I was in a courtroom on a. Uh, failure to have a driver's license thing with Kurt Riggin representing my friend in Sedona, Arizona, back in, I don't know, uh, around the turn of the century, around 2000, somewhere in there, just after 2000, 2001, 2002, uh, 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 a woman that I knew in that area was, was fighting that. How'd and it go? Had that judge in that. Um, I don't remember. the. That was That was one hearing. I don't know what the final disposition of the whole issue of whether or not she was going to get a driver's license. But what I do know is that the the judge recessed the hearing at a given point after we had been uh, arguing back and forth in the courtroom. And by the end of the hearing, we, we had made up with the judge and we were all friends again. But we had the, the judge admitted that at the recess, he, he recessed, he was ready to go back in his chambers and and drink a, a fifth of liquor. We had him so tied up that he wanted to go back and get drunk. <laughs> um, so there, that, and that's the point is you need to hammer these people. Oh, and uh, your your mnemonic thing. Um, you just reminded me of something that uh, you know the, uh, the speaking of resistance. Basso, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the mnemonic. <laughs> yeah, this is something the, that we uh, talked the, about the, in the uh, first hour, which was elect- uh, Mike. Electricians have some mnemonic for knowing the, the different types of resistors. Well, yeah, the the color codes on resistors, the colors represent numbers that tell you how many ohms of resistance that resistor has. Right, and so because it's you know there's so many colors, you need to remember what numbers are represented by those colors so we have a mnemonic saying that has those colors in order from zero to nine and so that it goes bad boys rape our young girls but violet gives willingly which is black brown uh red (laughs) i know where violet is (laughs) but it goes on which remind which reminded me um that the uh, do re mi fa so la that that thing Reminded me that I had changed that to "Don't rape me, fat, so let me go." That's how I how I remembered that one. The, we uh, had a song that. Was... Uh, thank you for the call, David. Appreciate it. We had a song in school that uh, "Do a deer, a female deer." I mean, that was the way we learned it all. That, yeah, that was in the sound of music, wasn't it? I, I don't know where where it came from, but it, we certainly taught it in first grade at uh, Braden and Christian, and uh, stuck with it from there. Uh, Miss Moorhead. Wherever you are, <laughs> thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that mnemonics are something that really are very helpful in learning. And if it's a little uh, rude, then maybe somebody needs to come up with a better one and start uh, uh, training people on it. But, you know, something works. It works. And I'm not going to well, complain. There's another thing in electricity. There's the diagonal cutters for cutting wires dykes. diagonally are called dikes. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> they are diagonal cutting uh, devices, and they're called dikes. Am I a sexist for calling Dykes Dykes? Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE.
Talk Live, live Monday edition. You're welcome to call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. Use the call-in lines at 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Mostly the show prep tonight's been surrounding the gender pay gap. And uh, then we moved on to, I guess, uh, federal judges said that it's uh, sexual discrimination for men to be uh, have to register for selective service and women don't have to. So that should be interesting. Keep your eye on that. But, Mike, you brought in uh, some show preps surrounding voter fraud in New Hampshire and its uh, juxtaposition towards another situation. Okay, so um, a lot of people have heard from uh, since the Trump campaign in 2016 uh, claims of of voter fraud. Um, There's been statistics showing that there's a possibility that uh, Gene Shaheen and uh, um, uh, Democratic uh, Senator. uh, Yep. And uh, uh, the former governor um that's true uh, maggie hassan uh one oh but she she's also a former governor yeah and uh one because of uh potential voter fraud and that hillary won the state possibly because of because of the numbers of uh of same day voter registrants in the state uh w- who did not respond by getting a driver's license within 60 days of the election as required by law right um was that's- greater than the vote spread in the election Right. So let me let me explain that real quick. Here in New Hampshire, you can register on the same day to vote. And if you register on the same day to vote, it's likely that what it means is that you intend to live in the state. So you should get a driver's license within 60 days of doing that. And if you don't, then you're suspected, Um, you know, like you, you should be your name's put on a list and the. The, the number of names on this list of people who voted in the Democratic primary, and this is the thing I've always said, is is most of this stuff centers around the primary, voter fraud centers around the primary, and what do I, as a Republican, care if the Democrats, uh, you know, foobar their own primary? I don't really care much. But the, in this case, there were more names on the list than there was as far as the difference between uh, Hillary and Bernie in New Hampshire. Is that right? Uh, it was also in the general election. Okay. Uh, so uh, there was, you know, decisions being made in the general election that were greater than the same day registrants on election day for the general election. Okay. Um, I so, happen to know two people that were on that list. And so and they voted Republican, by the way. <laughs> so uh, they f- have uh, finally convicted uh, one person who was uh, on that list. All right. A uh, 21-year-old uh, fellow in, in uh, who uh, I would guess is probably a UNH student since he's uh, uh, living in uh, Durham or no, he was he was voting in Durham. OK, so it sounds uh, like is, a fair bet, which is where UNH is located. But he is uh, fr- a resident of Drake at Massachusetts. And okay. they were able to establish he, that he voted both in Durham and in Drake. It. And okay. so he's been uh, convicted of voter fraud. He's been likely in- because he got an absentee val- ballot in Drake it and sent that in and then went and voted while in Durham. Yes. And both. Pl- Jurisdictions have signed affidavit from him stating that he was uh, not domiciled voting in any other state or any other city or town. Right. So, but you have one- to sign all the time anyway. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so he's uh, been convicted. He uh, had six months in the House of Corrections, which can be suspended if he completes 200 hours of community service and pays a $2,000 fine. He's the fourth person that's been convicted this year. There's been, from prior elections, uh, three other persons uh, f- uh, 
one gentleman from Miami, uh, another person from uh, Hooksit, and two other people uh, in, in voting in Hooksit. Is and, this Miami, Florida? Yes. Okay. And and two people from Belchertown, Mass, who who voted in Hampton, New Hampshire. So so a lot of it's going on in New Hampshire. Yes. And so you know they're they're starting to rack up some convictions here, and so you know we've got the voter ID law here in New Hampshire where, and the Democrats are complaining that you know it's somehow violating your your right to vote, having to have an ID. Um, there's a number of of college students that are protesting that because they're obviously not residents of the state, and they don't want to have to get a state resident, because, possibly because their financial aid it may be based upon, you know... Financial aid is not based upon state citizenship. Well, not or government financial residency. aid, not fi- government financial aid, but what may be coming from their own state. Um, so, for instance, uh, their... Anyways, um, the... Uh, real question here is that uh, the second story that I was bringing up is a story where in Missouri there are is a chain of stores, and this is not a law as of yet, but a chain of stores uh, is refusing to sell energy drinks to anyone under the age 18, um, and they're IDing people who want to buy bottled water. That happens to have vitamins in it, like B12, which is considered a an energy supplement. Okay. So if you buy, you know, like Smart Water or you know any kind of water that has the vitamins in it, uh, this is deemed an energy drink, and they will ID you as if you're buying uh, alcoholic beverages. And so then the question is, you know, wh- but it's eighteen over, not twenty one over, right? right. And so then the question is, you know, why are why is it okay to be requiring an ID to buy uh, water, and you don't shouldn't have an ID to to vote in a, a jurisdiction? I don't feel like those are related because the store can. This is not an entirely this, the store can't discriminate against whoever it wants, but on age grounds, the store can decide to sell or not sell. To whoever it wants, right? And it's not voting a law is an yet. entirely different animal, right? It's not a law yet. But. So here's what I would say: is that um, if voting is valuable and important, someone will try to misappropriate that value in the direction that they want to misappropriate it. Right. It's either valuable and important, or it's not. And I would contend that it is not valuable and not important. But uh, for those that believe it is valuable and is important. Uh, they must defend the notion that it is both valuable and important, but never stolen, or nearly never stolen. If it is, um, if if that is an untenable position, you cannot have something that is valuable and important, and no one or very few people attempt to misappropriate it. So, if people are going to misappropriate it, you need to have some kind of security checks in place. Right. Um, what, what the first thing you're going to want to know is that if you're going to let everybody vote, and I don't think we should let everybody vote, uh, by no means, I I think that uh, there should be all kinds of criteria for voting, but if the criteria is a heartbeat and citizenship, um, not that those have have necessarily been uh, the criteria all across America all the time, but those are the ones we talk about today, heartbeats and citizenship. Well, um, you should only get one vote in, uh, in, in a given election. If that's going to be the case, you need some kind of identification process. I will admit to you that getting a government ID in some jurisdictions is a pain in the butt. That's not my problem, 
But you need to be able to identify, and to my mind, you need to be able to identify somebody if they're going to vote. Um, and you know, if you don't have the if you don't have the wherewithal, the time, the energy, or whatever to get a government ID, am I supposed to be very concerned? About your oh, inability and, to vote, and also there are all these uh, the people that oppose having this ID or theoretically oppose it tend to also they actually have the ID for various government services that they want and and demand. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com. Free Talk Live, live Monday edition. It's Mark with you. Melanie. And Mike. Talking about, well, Mike, you brought up uh, voter fraud, and it's happening a lot here in New Hampshire. It would, because New Hampshire has had one of the laxist uh, voter registration laws in the country and they've uh, they've amped it up a little bit but it's not much oh and it's been so crazy in the past i've you know i've had uh, debates with uh, assistant attorney generals uh who were in charge of investigating voter fraud who actually were basically covered it up um and they said would had said to myself and others like you know ed nail and so forth that uh domicile is a state of mind well, in That's New Hampshire, kind of true. <laughs> let me let me uh, real quick here. Uh, you know, Free Talk Live brought to you by Bitcoin.com. If you're not familiar with Bitcoin.com, that's your premier source for everything Bitcoin and cryptocurrency related. At Bitcoin.com, you can go and get a Bitcoin wallet. You can purchase some Bitcoin. You can go get some free Bitcoin cash from their wallet. You can uh, spend your Bitcoin. They'll, they'll show you where to spend it. One of the places they recommend is going to saveatpurse.com. And you go to saveatpurse.com. You can save 25% on your purchases at, through, at Amazon through saveatpurse.com. That's a pretty big deal. So you can go get some uh, crypto, and they'll tell you how to spend it, everything. They get the latest news, whatever you need. You get it at Bitcoin.com. That's Bitcoin.com. I, well, so what I think about this uh, the situation where they're, um, people are mad, uh, you know, liberals, uh, Democrats are mad because um, the, New Hampshire's instituted some new laws. Not, in my, to my mind, not strict enough. Oh, no. On who can vote and who can't. Now, I generally, at this point, I don't vote because I don't want to give up my uh, address to the government. I don't trust them to uh, be a caretaker of my address. But they already have it in the voters, the county uh, uh, registration. Nope. My house isn't owned by me. Um, So, uh, you know, I have given up the what I consider to be statistically insignificant act of voting. However, people defend this act as though it's Fort Knox. (laughs) 
And if we're going to defend that, you're going to have to understand, if you're going to act that way, some people are going to believe you, that it is important. So they're going to go ahead and vote in two places. we got a young man who voted in Massachusetts and New Hampshire in the general election, casting his vote, um, like, ridiculously. Think about this for a second. This man is going to go to jail for casting a vote for Hillary Clinton, presumably, in Massachusetts. Did Hillary Clinton need... This guy's vote to win Massachusetts. Could anybody of any sane, uh, any level of sanity imagine that somehow Donald Trump was going to pull off Massachusetts in the general election in 2016? Well, no. But this idiot went ahead and voted in both Massachusetts and New Hampshire because he believes voting is important and doesn't understand it. When I was on a train a couple of years ago, I ended up talking to a high-level Democratic staffer um, for a senator, and he was using the terminology, he was explaining something, he was using the terminology low-information voter. And I'm like, yeah, these people shouldn't be voting. You'd have thought I said the (laughs) N-word. What? You're like, no, if you're a low-information voter, you shouldn't be voting. Like when you when you think about that's uh, absolutely who they do want to be voting. I mean, if I'm a low information employee, I shouldn't be hiring staff for positions where I don't even know what the position is half Agreed. the time. Yes, absolutely. Uh, every if you can't name how many states are in the union here, if you can't pass the U.S. Uh, citizenship exam, you shouldn't be voting. We already give a test as to whether or not a person can vote. Well, our former president thought there were 57 states. He was it's it's funny. I'm willing to give him a pass because he was probably tired. Maybe he was talking about districts. I, you know, if you count like Maine and Nebraska as uh electoral districts. I think what he was counting was territories like Guam and, and- Could be I don't know what he's uh, figuring, but what, whatever it might be, I'm, I'm willing to give uh, Obama a pass in the same way I'm willing to give Bush a pass on some of his his stuff, too. Uh, but, you know, like there we do have a test for whether or not you should you can vote. We call it the citizenship test. It's only administered once, but it is administered to people born outside the United States to see whether they can vote inside the United States. I believe it should be uh, administered every single time. To people inside the United States. And everybody who's voting, everybody, and if you can't pass it, then your vote should be called an auxiliary ballot, a standby ballot, or something like that, which is a nice word for throw it in the trash can. That's what I believe, because if you don't, if you can't pass the, this is easy, go online, you should be able to do this. They will claim that that's really a a literacy test. And look, the United States has a racist. You probably shouldn't be running the country. Right. If you can't read, you shouldn't be uh, voting. Um, But. Look, if you um, the literacy tests were racist, I, I've tried to take one of them. It was a weird thing. It was clearly intended to to catch pe- some people who, sh- uh, you know, they didn't want voting based on their skin color. I get it. This existed. We had we sent black people to the back of the bus. That didn't mean we got rid of buses. All right. Um, the the idea that somebody has to have a certain level of uh, of cognitive function and knowledge to be able to do an act that is considered to be important, like voting. It, it, I mean, I don't. I just don't get it. Really, you want? Okay, let me tell you this story. I at one point ended up in a whirlpool, a sauna, a, a, a whirlpool bath thing with this woman who uh, worked at a asylum. 
uh, for better word uh, words. And she was very proud. When we were talking about politics, she was very proud. She said, every election, I get those, uh, the, these people are, I don't know what the proper term is, uh, mentally retarded was what we called them uh, some years ago. And she said she gets them all in the van. And she takes them to vote, and she tells them, each and every one of them, as they get out, remember to vote Democrat. They're the ones that fund us. And look, I don't care if it's Democrat. You would be just, if if you're a Democrat and she said to to tell them to vote Republican, you'd still be mad. Look, that's a van full of 14 uh, retarded people just X'd out 14 really intelligent people's votes. 14 intelligent people that voted for Republicans. It's just not the way it should be. I'm sorry. If you're not going to, if you want good results, you need to have the opinions of qualified people. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's all I can tell when it comes to these these things. Uh, so if you hate my opinion, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Vernon calling in from New Orleans. Vernon, you're on Free Talk Live. Vernon. Can you hear me now? How about now? I wonder what's going on there. But, yes, 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 yes. Okay, Sorry what's about on? That. Um, so as far as not being able to register to vote or to, to try to save the government from figuring out where you live, I guess, so I totally see where you're coming from, and I've, too, tried to do the same thing as much as possible. Um, but I just wonder, um, you know, even if they're bad stewards of my address, what harm comes of that? I, I, I'm just curious. Well, you're in a little bit position, a little bit different position, as far as I know that that than Mark is in. Right. So I've got a guy who uh, makes threats against me and my family on a regular basis. I've had plenty of death threats, but there's one guy in particular that makes a lot of them. Um, and you can go find that at uh, things James Whitakine says. I put them in quotation marks because I copy and paste that stuff. Um, and uh, you can see the, the sorts of things he says. Uh, it's on Facebook. You just look up things James Whitakine says. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want anybody to be able to necessarily find out where I live. I'm on nationally syndicated radio, and uh, you know, half a million people hear my voice and my opinions um, well, on a course, monthly basis. It's easy, as, it's easy as, as anything to find the studio. I mean, it's just it, sure. to me, it just seems like it's it's a. And again, I'm not I'm not judging you or anything. I'm just trying to Vernon. I don't care if I get shot and killed. I care whether my wife and child get shot and killed. They're not at the studio. Uh, you make a good point. You make a, <laughs> as long as it's for your protection, I guess I was, I was thinking you were looking at it from a different angle. Yeah. Like, uh, like you know, I, 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 I've got something to hide or something like that. You know what I mean? And I guess I guess maybe that's the angle. Like, maybe you you all can explain it to me. Like, why do other people that, that don't have death threats and, and other things, why, why is it that they want to hide their address from the government? Um, I think the government, if they want to find you, can just look up your cell phone bill and f- figure out what your cell phone is at 3 o'clock in the morning most nights, and if they want to figure out where you are, um, would be my guess. Um, but uh, why they do it, I don't know. People are weird. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Live Monday edition, final segment here. You know, we were talking about the uh, idea of voter fraud. And if you listen to sort of, I don't know, uh, the the media that sounds more liberal, I don't like to, to label them one side or other. Free Talk Live's happy to happy to call themselves a libertarian talk show. 
I don't have a problem with doing that. But uh, I don't want anybody to take a, uh, a label that they don't want to have. However, um, you know, you get the notion that the voter fraud just doesn't happen. It is, you know, rarely, you know, and you'll get these news stories and this kind of thing and, you know, vanishingly rare that voter fraud happens. Well, I'm not sure that's entirely true. Um, I think that, in fact, voter fraud is difficult to prove. Uh, not a particularly important crime by most uh, states attorneys estimation. And in most cases, people just get away with it. That is a crime that, you know, whatever. Have I ever been in a situation where I could have both voted with an absentee ballot and voted in another jurisdiction? You're darn right I could have. It would have been easy as pie. I've been offered money for my vote. <laughs> I've been offered an opportunity to buy somebody else's vote. I've had that one. And it was like, no. <laughs> I, I've been offered Why would people. I want that? People have offered me, because I live in a, back, in a battleground state, yeah. uh, have offered to uh, vote for my candidate in their state if I voted for their candidate in this state. Okay. And I imagine that seems fair to them. <laughs> um, you know, I, I hold for, I, in my case, I was a taxi cab driver, and uh, it was, I think, the Bush Kerry election. And the lady said she'd give me $20 tip if I voted for Kerry. Now, what I didn't tell her is hey, lady, I'm a convicted felon and I can't vote in the state of Florida. <laughs> But I was telling her what I would do, uh, you know, in the future. And I was voted for Michael Badnarik, I believe, was the option at the time, uh, the libertarian candidate. And so she didn't want me to waste my vote on the libertarian. She wanted to give me $20 so that I would vote for Kerry. (laughs) What's that? I love the wasted vote argument. Yeah, the wasted vote argument really is silly. I can tell you one way that you uh, can get your opinion heard without wasting it. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com and you can support Free Talk Live. There's nothing out there on the radio like Free Talk Live. Nobody's taking the positions that we're taking where nobody's supporting freedom. Nobody's giving uh, you the opportunity to have your voice heard the way Free Talk Live is. And if you think that's valuable, and it is, unlike your vote, this is valuable. Um, go to amp.freetalklive.com, and all we're asking is five bucks a month. That's the cost of some kind of fancy coffee at uh, one of these uh, fancy coffee chains, or um, you know, something that you can do without. You can do without five bucks. I swear, this is not um, an issue of cutting back or anything like that. It's amp.freetalklive.com. It means a lot to us, and you get to uh, have being. You get to have your voice heard within Free Talk Live. We listen to our amplifiers. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Have your voice heard. I, you know, I, when I think about, like, I, in one instance, I had a friend who decided that he was no longer going to vote because something didn't go his way. Um, you know, like, I, I don't like the government anymore. I'm not voting. And he said, uh, you know, he'd vote for me. Uh, you know, he said, for 10 bucks, I'll go and vote for you. You know, I'll vote however you want me to vote. Which, of course, if he's offering it to a libertarian offering libertarians uh, to vote. You're just getting $10 to go vote, right? <laughs> libertarians are going to have you vote for the, the most... It's not worth <laughs> risking the felony for 10 bucks. I mean, come on. No, but nobody likely would do anything about it. I'm just... It's just so pointless, um, you know, the, this whole conversation that goes on. If um, if you want to have good results... Let's, let's, let's think about something that we want to have good results on. Let's talk about brain surgery. If you want to have brain surgery, uh, good results in brain surgery, you're not going to go on the, a Facebook uh, group and just ask people about brain surgery. 
right? You're not just going to get anybody's old opinion on brain surgery. You certainly wouldn't get their yes/no opinion on brain surgery. <laughs> uh, I mean, like that's the uh, voting is this blunt force notion that really. The best I can tell is really just meant to keep us from revolting against our government. Like the every few years you get this feedback, they get this you know this this little treadmill you can get on and you can feel a little bit better and you win some, you lose some and you know all that stuff. I just I just hate the whole process generally. I I treat it as a matter of self-defense, you know. I I don't think it's wrong to to I, do it. I you know, I I carry a gun when I go down dark alleys, yep. and and I, I I vote when I'm faced with uh, obviously criminal politicians. Yeah, I'm I, I I'm with you on that. I don't have any uh, any problem with that um, uh, analogy. I just think that largely, uh, I would imagine you would agree with this, uh, Mike, that largely your vote has not mattered. It's right, not made and a difference. It's well, very rarely has very rarely. Very yeah. rarely. Um, and, and usually on a local level, not on a national absolutely. level. Absolutely. Or, uh, excuse but, me, a state you know, level. There's no such thing as a national election. There, uh, New Hampshire is kind of odd in that there are some elections that win by two or three votes. There was one election where the guy won by one vote. Yeah. But it's just the worst possible system that you could... I, I could not come up with a possible system if you if you wanted me to yeah the first pass the post system uh, of voting is the worst of them um even the ranked voting and all this other stuff would probably get a better feel for what the public wants but i don't really want the public's opinion i, I mean you know I, I, I pardon me while i wax uh, uh you know uh, cynical here but i mean who's you want a bunch of ignoramuses opinion on a particular topic? These people I, don't know anything about policy. I, I actually think that that you, know, you could you couldn't do any worse than just by picking random people out of the phone book to to hold office. Agreed. That would be preferable to democracy <laughs> or variations on democracy. The biggest complaints against monarchy tend to be things like King Henry VIII and, and uh, like, what, 15th century medicine where he was treated with mercury. Like, you know, we probably could put uh, a monarch in place and they would be better than, uh, yeah. you know, this and, bouncing and back have, and forth crap. Have it, to be a monarch, you have a contest like, like Survivor, okay, where you have all these different actual tests to go through and whoever makes it through, they become the king for however long okay well no if because that just brings back most of the same problems so part one of the problems with democracy and variations on democracy is that you have people with perverse incentives if you hold off if an office term is two to eight years your incentive is to go in milk it for all it's worth and not care what happens when you leave to look great for two to eight years right and if you have it for the rest of your life and can pass it on maybe then your incentive is to preserve the capital value of the area. So, yeah, you're still a state agent and you're still a thief and you're still all these things, but you're running it much better from the perspective of the the land and the people on it than somebody who's just like, well, I'm going to be here for eight years. I, I tend to, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of sympathy for these particular positions. I'm not advocating monarchy as a solution. I'm only pointing out that the one innovation that we've had in governance in the last half millennia, which is democracy, is probably not an innovation at all. And that um, this organization, this organizational model known as the state, is 
highly rigid and not suited to the modern society. Modern society is better suited to an organizational model like the Internet where people have a great deal of freedom. And where you have organizations that uh, form on an ad hoc basis to create standards and rules that people adopt voluntarily. And I, you know, best I can tell, this is the best problem solving. I'm not saying freedom isn't scary and I'm not saying that it's not, it doesn't have its problems. It's got its problems. But you have to compare it to what you've got, to what's possible, or or propose something better. At least the socialists are proposing something new out there, uh, semi new. <laughs> not really new. Something just, different. No. Yeah. If we just gave pro- go uh, gave all the power to the people I like, then things would go better. Same, I mean, that's sort of a wishy same old mass murder wrapped in a nice yeah. uh, fuzzy uh, ecological. The wrapping. people I like wouldn't do the mass murder, Mike. It's those people over there that got the power. Those are the mass murderers. My friends aren't a problem. It's your friends that are the problem. That's the problem. That's it. Every time when when I finally my organizational model with all the power um, coalesced into one area finally takes root this time the rich powerful intelligent conniving thieves that have always gotten in power throughout millennia when power has been centralized they won't get in power not this time really i'm only one more execution away from utopia that's right what's <laughs> one more. more than that <laughs> to the gulag with them Thanks for joining us uh, here on Free Talk Live. You can check us out at freetalklive.com and uh, you know our Twitch channel. See us at twitch.freetalklive.com. All those options are available to you. Thanks for listening. It's another edition of the Edgington Post Show. I am Mark Edge here at the North American Bitcoin Conference, reporting for Free Talk Live and... I've got with me Mate Toke, who is the Chief Operations Officer for Bitcoin.com. Mate, welcome. Mate, I see the Bitcoin.com's videos on YouTube. You can just go find them, Bitcoin.com. Thanks for following us. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like, subscribe and follow. It's They've been great, and I think they're getting better as time goes by. You're right. a frequent visitor there on the, the videos. Right. And, I like to co-host every once in a while. Right. When you happen to be where Roger is, Roger is seems true. to be the central guy. Right, he is. <laughs> And Bitcoin.com is a very global company um, with people everywhere from Europe to I mean, and just about every continent. Uh, you know, obviously the glaring exclusion of Antarctica. Um, but, <laughs> you know, you guys are everywhere. And what I think is amazing is I'm watching this video channel. There's always something new. Not only does Bitcoin.com cover its new things, but it's covering all the new things that are going on in the crypto sphere, um, especially, you know, focused on Bitcoin. Right. Focused on Bitcoin Cash, I should say. Yes. But that's uh, that's right. Uh, that's the aim of the show, not to only talk about Bitcoin.com and Bitcoin.com's products and services, but to share with the world what's new in the Bitcoin Cash ecosystem. Every week, there are plenty of news uh, and people, you know, develop a lot of great products and and uh, and projects on, on the Bitcoin Cash. And here we are, 2019, at the North American Bitcoin Conference. And um, again, we're talking about news, so I want to share you a news that we're going to be doing. And uh, that's the exact same thing I had uh, on my presentation as well. Bitcoin.com is starting a new program in Venezuela. Venezuela's hard hit right now that is, with that is uh, socialism so socks, right? I should say cryptocurrencies are unstoppable, yeah. as you know. 
And uh, the biggest need for cryptocurrencies right now are, I should say, in Venezuela or in Africa. If you don't mind, I will share you and, uh, and the listeners about, about the program and what we're going to be doing. So our aim is to basically onboard at least 500 uh, merchants in Venezuela to start accepting Bitcoin Cash. Now we know that it's a big goal. And this program is going to go on for months and months. And you might you might ask uh, the question, how are we going to do it? Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, we're going to have people on the ground who will go and educate merchants in Venezuela and tell them about cryptocurrencies. And um, basically, every people who signs up a new merchant will get $5 in Bitcoin Cash as an incentive. We're also working on a program for uh, an incentive-based program for the merchants as well. Now, as we all know, there's hyperinflation going on in Venezuela. And the really interesting, or I should say terrifying fact, that if you had bought a million dollars worth of uh, Venezuelan bolivars in 2013, when President Maduro came to power, that money now would be worth 37 cents. That's How much for 37 cents? <laughs> What? How much? How, what? Tell me the numbers again. <laughs> so, if you had bought a million dollars wow. worth of Venezuelan Bolivar right. in 2013, that would now be worth 30, 37, cents. 37 cents. Correct. Yeah. So, not the best investment, right? Right. And, Five bucks and worth and of people. <laughs> I mean, in my presentation, I had a I had a picture, right, with a big stack of money, and the chicken and the grilled chicken. You need 14 million Bolivars to buy a grilled chicken. And that's a big, giant stack of money. Yeah. So people, you know, and we're real interesting, right? We're always talking about unbanked population around the world. Unbanked populations certainly need cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin cash for sure. Right. But what's real interesting about Venezuela is that people have bank accounts, but the money they have on their bank accounts are basically worthless because there is inflation by the hour. So what people are doing about it, you know, they're looking for an alternative. What is the best alternative? Is Bitcoin Cash? Is cryptocurrencies because it's it's permeable. They can do some business with U.S. dollars or whatever if they can get the U.S. dollars. But the problem is, is that there's this you know this wall um, that Correct. both the, the yes. federal government of the United States and Venezuela in order to prevent those dollars from going into Venezuela. However, yeah. if cryptocurrencies, there's nothing to stop them. People have cell phones in Venezuela. They have electricity yeah. in Venezuela. They have the internet in Venezuela. True. And you know what's interesting is uh, one of the most educated countries in the world about cryptocurrencies are actually Venezuela. Yeah. Because there's need for it. People are looking for alternatives. So that's why they're getting educated about cryptocurrencies. And you know, it's one of the most uh, most needed uh, thing in in Venezuela. The employers there really could sidestep this whole financial catastrophe, which is occurring. Right. It's Terrible financial catastrophe, like eat the zoo animals catastrophe level is going on. They could have sidestep it by simply paying their employees in cryptocurrency. Their employees then can do business in cryptocurrency, and suddenly you don't have this deflation where one of your family members has to go out and attempt to get food every day, and that's their yeah. whole job is to yeah. attempt to get food. Yeah. The other person might work. Or I whatever. mean, look, the standard of living in Venezuela is extremely low. It doesn't need to a be. cheap <laughs> meal is about a dollar, dollar fifty. Yeah. Uh, if you want something really nice, that's about $5. But here comes the really shocking part. The minimum wage is $2. And an average salary per month is from, 20 to, uh, is from $10 to 
I mean, people are struggling in their daily lives to go by, and uh, literally, they're not even counting money anymore. They just put it on scales and stuff like that. This is a huge project. How do how do my listeners, how do people who care about what happens to other human beings in Venezuela get involved? What can we do sure. to make so this? So if you, um, there are, first of all, go to Bitcoin.com forward slash Venezuela. Okay. And uh, there are, of course, our program in which we are trying to get as much people out there on the streets to go to these merchants, educate them, and make them accept uh, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin Cash. Mm-hmm. The other way people can people can help is to donate. Right. And there are two projects that I really like. One is uh, especially dedicated to Venezuela. It's called AirdropVenezuela.com. Airdrop Venezuela basically aims to airdrop $10 to 100,000 Venezuelans There's a good idea. in May. Yeah. And in if May. you think of in May, uh, this year in May, and okay. if you think about it, I mean, ten bucks for someone living in Venezuela is going to be a big money. It's it's going to be you know life changing for them at least for a month. Right. That is that's, it's a huge amount of money, especially if we can make um, you know ten dollars is is enough that they can feed themselves for a month. If we can make it so that they have right. places to buy this stuff, right? And that's especially what, and and money needs to be spendable. Yeah. Because you can you can talk about store of value, right? If you cannot spend it, then What's the point? Yeah. At the very least, people need to be able to tra- trade it for boulevards. But, I mean, that's a, still a terrible idea because, you know, you trade it for the boulevards. Then by the time you walk down the street to go to the, the grocery store, they're worth <laughs> half the worst of what idea they were. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, bu- boulevards are the worst idea ever. I don't know what else they could possibly do. It, it needs to be used as currency. And that's something I wanted to talk to you about. You'd mentioned Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. To me, I kind of think like um, the regular BTC has decided to set it itself up as a, uh, as they call it, uh, you know, digital gold, right? As yeah, a, digital as a, store of value. Right, a right. digital store of value. And that's a fascinating idea, and I see why people are interested in it. I want my cryptocurrencies to be worth as much as they can be, too. I love that idea. However, it's... There. You want to also be make, making sure that you're able to spend it, though. Right. And if you can't spend it, what's the value in it? Right. Um, you know, I mean, it's... Yeah, you what's can't the value proposition if you're not able to spend it? You can't, you can't wear it as jewelry like you can gold. Um, you can't you make medical equipment out of, out of it like you can silver. It has no right. value if its value isn't right. um, currency. So what I think is very interesting, I like to spend Bitcoin Cash. I think it's uh, much more usable. The transaction fees are basically guaranteed to be very low. The the block size is extraordinarily large. Absolutely. It's, you're not going to wait. So it's fast. It's cheap. It's reliable. Yeah. Reliable, yep. The network's there. I was gonna ask about that. I know that there was you guys were working on getting it was thirty two megabyte block sizes. Are we actually getting to the point where we can do a full block of thirty two megabytes? I mean, like the full transactions of that size. I know that that was something that uh, you guys were working on at one point, and I, I never got any news on that. We're definitely working on it, working towards it. We definitely need need more adaption, and we need more people to use it. Yep. Well, it's being used all over Japan, uh, Korea. There's a huge market penetration. Right. People and in that's States. why I think it's really important to talk about. Like more yeah. merchants uh, that are accepting cryptocurrencies and, and, and people need to be educated in general. Here's something I've also wondered. I don't think there, there's very many Bitcoin transactions, BTC transactions going on from person to person. Like maybe they're buying and selling it in order to you know invest in the crypto world, and I'm sure that's true. I know the transaction volume is quite high, but I don't think it, very many people are going and spending things day in and day out. I think that they're using Bitcoin Cash to do that. That's just a guess of mine. Do you have any ideas what the retail transaction level is comparative between the different coins out there? Because I think people are doing business in Bitcoin Cash. I don't have that data, but eventually what I can say is that 
businesses rather deal with currencies that are reliable and cheap to use, and that is Bitcoin Cash. A lot of places dropped BTC, sadly, they did, yes. in the last six, yes. to, six months to a year. Yeah. Bitcoin.com is the deepest, most robust uh, platform out there when it comes to cryptocurrencies. You can find out the news. You can get a wallet. You can buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin.com. Thanks, Mante. Thank you so much for having me. We have some good news. The indictments against Ross Albrecht in the District of Maryland were dismissed with prejudice, meaning they can never be refiled. This is especially good because those indictments contain the only charge ever made that Ross engaged in murder for hire. This was a serious allegation that Ross Albrecht denies. It was never prosecuted or ruled on by a jury, but was trumpeted by the federal government and the media as if it were proven fact. The Maryland court held these indictments for almost five years, poisoning Ross's case and leaving him under a cloud of unproven allegations. As explained in Ross's appeal to the Supreme Court, the fact that the judge used these allegations to give Ross a draconian sentence of double life without parole violated his Sixth Amendment right to a jury trial. Judges are required to issue sentences based on convictions decided by a jury, not unproven allegations, never even charged at trial. Although this is a positive development, the dropped indictment will not set Ross free. Now, a presidential pardon is Ross's only hope of freedom. Sign the petition at freeross.org. Freeross.org.